On this episode of Intent Topics, we have special guest Sam Wright of Serious Decisions. Thank you for tuning into Intent Topics today. Today we have a special guest, um, Sam. Thank you so much for coming on to the show today. Our listeners will absolutely have heard about where you are working. Such a cool company. So tell us a little bit about where you are and what you're working on. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Logan. Um, and thanks for having me. Appreciate you guys spending some time um, with me. Happy to be here today. Uh, but yeah, uh, so Sam, I've uh, been in B2B sales um, just going on north of, of eight years, um, sales management for about four of those years. Uh, and I'm really fortunate. I get to um, work for Serious Decisions, um, which is a, a B2B sales and marketing kind of best practice and advisory organization. Um, and we were actually recently acquired uh, by Forrester in January. So as of January, uh, we're part of Forrester, um, which, is, as you know, is, a, is also a research and advisory organization. Um, so we're yeah. a product line. Uh, within the forest umbrella. Cool. Nice. I love the, I love the content that you guys pump out. Uh, you know, it's fantastic insights and, uh, you know, great when I'm, when I'm working on something or, or trying to, trying to formulate a thought, you know, you guys have seemed to, to be, you know, 10 steps ahead of everybody else in this game. So, you know, as a sales leader, it must be pretty awesome to to have all that that content and and sort of research and best practices at your fingertips um so you know a lot of the people that that i talk to you know reference serious decisions and and the stuff that they've that they've created so talk to us as a sales leader in an organization that's so you know that's so um you know productive when it comes to the research and and pumping out that you know how does that affect your game with with kind of your charges yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm extremely fortunate. It's um, you know, we have a plethora of knowledge that that we have at our fingertips, not only from the research that we write here at Serious Decisions, but also the clientele. You know, so yeah. I'm I'm in effect uh, selling and servicing you know the B2B sales audience, right? That being the the chief sales officer, the, the chief revenue officer, whoever's leading that function. So not only do I get to tap into the research aspect of it. Uh, but I also get to engage and interact with, you know, some of the, the best B2B sales leaders in the world. So very fortunate to tap into a lot of that knowledge. And I think, you know, what's what's interesting is particularly, you know, as we've hit the half year mark here, at, um, uh, you know, at Serious Decisions, it's been it's been a nice opportunity for, for me to actually start to leverage some of our research myself for my team. You know, when, when we look at um, you know, the research that we have on, on sales productivity or sales coverage models and the things of that nature. Um, it, it's really been, you know, quite fortunate for me to tap into our research, to take a look at our frameworks and models, to take a look at what some of the benchmarks are um, that are out there uh, and start to map my own team uh, and my own process towards that. So, you know, I, I'm kind of, uh, again, lucky to, to have that opportunity, but then engaging with a lot of the sales leaders you know, who we speak to with probably, you know, anywhere from, you know, three to four hours a week, you know, we're also able to take a look at some of the things that they're working on, whether it's, you know, compensation, um, whether it's, uh, again, EDR, um, ratio to AE headcount, that type of stuff. Uh, it, it's fascinating. And, uh, you know, our team here is, is solely focused on new business across the East Coast. 
So yeah. I've got about, um, you know, 16 quota bearing reps and, and two first line managers. So for us all to be able to, to kind of get some best practice access kind of ups our game a little bit and uh, honestly puts us under the microscope when we're, when we're yeah. actually yeah, but- selling, right? We're kind of, you've got to make sure that we're, we're drinking our own champagne here. So it's uh, yeah. a little bit of pressure, but it, it's fun. And, and again, very lucky. Yeah, cool. Yeah, you you definitely don't want to be like the cobbler's shoes, right? So that's right. So talk to us about your philosophy and and kind of how your game has has evolved over the years, and and some of the things that you've picked up with on and find really important. You know that uh, that like sales organizations sort of incorporate um, either at kind of a macro level or or a micro, you know, um, training or or whatever level. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 uh, you know I kind of from from a rep perspective, I think you know a philosophy that, that I've always you know lived by you know a little bit cliche with all the noise in, in the market right now, but you know you really have to understand that customer at the rep level, and then I think you know from a philosophy perspective, if you can truly understand who the buyer is, um, you know what that ideal client profile looks like of your customer, um, everything that flows through that in terms of your day to day activity and the process you go through. Uh, it's going to set you uh, in good stead. And then on the flip side, on the management side, you know, it's really been about knowing your reps and knowing your team, you know, so it's, it's a little bit different. Certainly the customer is vital still as a manager and, and, and never goes away, but truly understanding the motivations um, that, that, that lie beneath the team are, are extremely important. So for me, that that's how I try to focus on is making sure, hey, if I've got a rep on my team, you know, they really do have a good understanding of, of what that customer needs and, and what that customer's looking for as they go into any sales interaction. And then as a manager, it, it's coaching my, my leaders as well as myself uh, to make sure that they truly do understand you know, the nuances and the requirements that each one of their reps have. Um, I've certainly made the mistake you know, in my first year as a manager, thinking that everyone was just built like me, <laughs> and that's that's <laughs> the case, right? So it, it yeah. took a little bit of uh, different rubs to do that, but you know, that's that's myself. And then, you know, for us, we certainly have goals. You know, you know, uh, as sales leaders, uh, as as revenue goals, profit goals, retention goals, whatever they may be. But the thing that uh, that I'm really focused on with my group is uh, is a little bit of the process, right? We focus here on. You know, have more good days than bad days. You know, we know that you can't be sure. potentially, you know, the star every day. Um, but if you truly are aligned into that process, um, if you truly are taking a consistent approach and holding yourself accountable, um, and again, putting that customer center of everything you're going to do, you know, that's what we focus on. So it's 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 really it, it's really a good opportunity. And then the sales leaders that I'm working with. Um, you know, who are, are dealing with this on, on a much greater level. It's, it's interesting. We just, uh, we're helping a client right now change from a hunter farmer model. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, they're going from a hybrid, sorry, to, you know, a, a hunter farmer model. So AE to AM mm-hmm. success team. So for this sales leader, you know, his philosophy again is something where they typically have grown, you know, just like any startup really rapidly from new logo acquisition and account acquisition. They're now at that inflection point where, Hey, we might, might don't necessarily need to hit them more, but uh, but what we have now have to think about is the profitability uh, that we're now faced with. So for them, you know, that sales leader right now is making the case to the CEO um, and to the board uh, in terms of the investors to say, look, if you want us to, to grow our revenue again, you know, by 30, 40 percent, 
is a change and shift we have to make in our go-to-market structure in order to do that. So it's a really um, it's a really interesting place. The philosophy I I find does depend on on where a company is in, in terms of their inflection point from a scale perspective. Um, but that yeah, that's that's a my side, and uh, I think from a from a rep standpoint. You know, it's it's uh, again, it's I, I try to focus on the simplicity of it. Certainly, as as we all know, over the last um, several years, that 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 buy-in complexity has changed. And uh, you know, for us, um, you know, what I what I sometimes cringe at is you know the, the death of the B two B sales rep. There, there definitely is mm-hmm. there definitely is a, a need, and, and there's so much great stuff out there that I do think is the future in terms of AI predictive and all that type of stuff. But at the core of it mm-hmm. is, is is that salesperson's ability to get to the need of their customer, and then depending on what um, type of interaction they're trying to have, making sure that they are they're putting that value map in front of them, uh, because everyone's at a different journey. So it's a uh, it, it's a fun it's a fun gig, and uh, again, fortunate to to be a part of this product line here. Sweet. So when you when you when you talk about process, I'd I'd love to dig into this. So you know. Sirius did a lot of work with um, ABM, um, if I'm not mistaken, and and you know so when you when you talk about process, you know ABM, it's it's something that you know you're really kind of cultivating um, that list, and you're really cultivating kind of the the relationships with with people inside of that. So, what are some things that you know you focus on when it comes to that? Uh, the the ABM side when you're kind of helping reps really master that piece. Yeah, that's a great that's a great point, and I think you know the ABM is such a great thing uh, in terms of you know number one, I think it foundationally just drives fantastic alignment between obviously the sales side of the house and and then the marketing side of the house. Um, and it's interesting again talking about um, you know being able to tap into the own the, the own research that we have here. You know, we have a named account model on, on our team. So each rep that, that I have is 100 accounts. So for us, um, you know, we leveraged ABM heavily with the marketing team uh, as we started to plan for what that approach was going to look like this year. You know, taking into consideration not only the market trends, uh, the competitive landscape, but also taking a look at, you know, what does that ideal client profile look like? And then do we, quite frankly, have the database and the skills um, you know, to, to go after that account list. So when I'm speaking with the reps, you know, we kind of have this three-tiered approach that, that we uh, tackle for each one of their top 100. So a rep has an, an account executive on my team will have 100 accounts. But that ideal client profile, that sweet spot of truly where we can drive high ASP and, and quick wins, you know, is typically within a, a defined 25 to 30 list. So for them, you got to think about that. When they sit down at their desk each day, you know, are they going to be spending time trying to cultivate and, and get relationships and engage, you know, that top 25 to 30 um, versus spending time where, you know, the, the fruits of their labor aren't going to be as great. So it, it's interesting. We have to kind of balance that in terms of, you know, the, 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 the one to two services that we might end up selling versus the large, very large strategic deals, you know, which are those uh, six figure deals that are quite frankly going to help a rep get to their quota. So we try to help sure. them think about, you know, the process in terms of that ideal client profile and segmenting, you know, the, the, the best opportunity they have for their sweet spot to win. And then it's all about the buying groups, you know, trying to understand, yeah. do you understand not only, you know, who's going to sign the check, but also how do you identify who that champion, that user is going to be and really helping them think through that account planning template 
And then from there, it's aligning with marketing, aligning with the BDR team to say, okay, now what's the prospecting cadence we need to put against, you know, the, these target buyers for us? And uh, ultimately, how do we, um, how do we, you know, go about aligning on that approach? Interesting. So, um, you know, when you talk about prioritization with a, with a sales rep, um, or AEAM, whatever it, mm. you can quickly get to a point, at least in my experience, and I'd love to hear your thoughts here. It's like, when you talk about prioritization, you know, these are the place, this is where you should be spending the, the majority of your time. Um, you know, I, I've seen where things might go slanted way towards the, you know, I'm only spending time here. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking any risk and, and not, you know, spending any time in a place that, you know, there could be something that's not perfectly aligned with, you know, my, my, you know, ideal client profile, but might it, it's still revenue if I close it, mm-hmm. you know? And so how, what's your philosophy on, on your, your team, you know, are you more like focus on that 25 to 30 or are you like, all right, spend X amount of time every week on, you know, this other sort of 70. How, how do you balance that? Yeah. And I, I completely get what you're saying, right? It's, it's the, it's, you know, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket and, and then that doesn't come through. Right. And I think yeah, um, it is a balance, but you know, we're, we have seen um, from, from our data um, just in terms of, you know, my group's data that, you know, the percentage of deals we win um, once we're involved is it, so greatly tipped towards that, you know. And again, it, it could be 25, it could be 30 to 40, but that that's sure. part of, of, of that target. What we've been really fortunate with is, is the alignment and, and the evolution that we've had with our own marketing team. So an, an account executive, um, you know, is essentially doing a lot of their outbound efforts and prospecting uh, and social, um, you know, angles with that that top, you know, 30 to 40% of those accounts, um, what marketing are doing for us and what the BDR team are doing for us. And, and we have a BDR team that's, that's assigned as well to my group. Um, they're doing a little bit more um, with, uh, with that kind of mid to bottom set of it. So making, sh- so making okay. sure that we, you know, things aren't falling through the cracks. That's where, you know, we're doing a lot of um, marketing support to say, okay, how can we drive greater inbound so that, Versus us potentially, you know, looking through the needle in a haystack with those accounts, it's more about okay, there's there's some intent there, right? There's a there's someone that's raised their hand. There's some action going on with those accounts. That way, for those those subset of accounts that we potentially have deemed that shouldn't be as high propensity, um, we can then at least you know have some triggers to say okay, when we do speak with those accounts, it's because there's some action being taken. It's a little bit more um, engaged versus inbound, whereas you know the 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 top thirty to forty percent. Uh, they might they might have be taking no action, right? And our job is to kind of drive some of that awareness and education and engagement ourselves. I love that. I love the discipline um, and the the alignment in your company. So when you when we talk about uh, like sort of ideal client profile, uh, you know, and prioritization and all this, uh, how do your how do your your team, the, the, uh, how do they react or um, interact with the data? Right. So, you know, are you, is it kind of like, here's the list here's, it's been rationalized and now go after it. Um, or, or are they kind of having some input into, you know, this is how we're deciding who the companies are that, that we're targeting, um, to walk us through that process. 
Yeah, that, that's a good point. So at the start of the year, you know, it's a lot of work with the sales operations team, the market operations team, and, and the sales leaders themselves in terms of balancing territories and, and again, what we think that market opportunity within those accounts are. However, when I'm a rep, at the end of the day, <laughs> Um, I'm accountable for the number that's on my back. So, you know, those reps are then getting yeah. those top 100 accounts and they're going through their due diligence. They're looking at the guidance that we're giving them. But for some of my reps, they've also been in their territory for potentially, you know, 12 to 18 months. So, you know, with them having their, their feet on the ground, they might take a look at, you know, what we would class as high propensity and say, well, you know what? Um, you know, I've got five other accounts right now where we've got some low hanging fruit, past clients, potentially things of that nature. So those reps, when they get that list are really combing through it, you know, versus, um, to understand, okay, do I really have, uh, an ideal client profile here? Right. Do I have the competitors that, that we would work with in this space? Uh, do I have some, some common titles that we would sell to? So they're doing a little bit more at the, the granular level um, in terms of the account, in terms of contact penetration, as well as, um, you know, kind of news on, on that business. Um, so that's what they will do. And then every quarter we have to refresh it. So as we win clients, as we potentially have deals that, you know, might be things we want to pull out of, right? It, it's, it's a quarterly refresh right. where every single quarter an account executive will present a business plan to the manager and essentially say, you know, here was the here was the goals that we had in this quarter. Did we hit? Did we not hit? Uh, and then based on you know the, the up, upcoming quarterly goals, where are you going to get that money from? And that's where the account executive really has to have a fuller fuller understanding of that top one hundred. It can't just be that um, that top thirty. They have to do the due diligence in going through that. And as you both know, um, you know sometimes movement, sometimes change is is I mean, quite frankly, is constant. So our ability to to react to that versus um, you know, being, sorry, being proactive to that versus being reactive is something that, that the good reps do versus, you know, the bad ones, to be honest. Nice. Nice. So how do you, as a, as a leader cultivate this? Cause this is, this is fantastic. I think, you know, if, if organizations took what you're talking about and implemented it, you know, it, like it would just be a great world. Right. But, uh, so how do you kind of, how do you kind of implement that? How do you, how do you train reps or, or how do you message to reps to really cultivate this? Or are they kind of, or are you just selecting ones that have a, uh, you know, they kind of come to you with those skills already? Yeah, no, it, it's, it's interesting. I think, you know, for, for us, we switched to the name model, um, about three years ago and we've been, we've been getting better and better at it every year because, you know, just, you know, from a, again, from a data perspective, what we found is, you know, how do we get, you know, the most out of every headcount we have? And, and what we were finding is, you know, reps weren't per head, weren't producing enough because they weren't spending that time with the right, you know, uh, with the right mm-hmm. account and the right people. So what we started to do was we then started to change the reps and, and, and change their behavior. So when I look at the reps that I have on my team, we've got a fantastic team, really smart folks, but they fall into two camps. We've got what we classify as ramped reps. So those are typically people that have been at serious decisions longer than 18 months. Uh, and quite frankly, don't need as much training, right? They've gone through that enablement approach and onboarding. Sure. Um, uh, and then we've got the other folks that are ramping. Um, so mm-hmm. they, they need a little bit more handholding. So for those, you know, we have our sales enablement team, you know, that own, not, not only do kind of the boot camp type scenario, but also um, have on-demand training where, you know, those reps can watch videos online. They have a mentor they can sit with and uh, 
across their first 60 days as a rep, one of the goals is for them to present to their manager, okay, this is what an ideal client profile looks like for someone in my territory. Here's what uh, my top 30, right? A top 40 accountant should look like. Here's my segmentation. And, and that is to basically certify that rep on that they have a good understanding of what that that sweet spot is, that ideal client profile. Then from there, we then start to train them on the needs of the client. So focusing on the chief market officer or the chief sales sure. officer, the head of demand and operations mm-hmm. and saying, okay, now as you start to think about your clients, and now here's the, the contacts um, you know, that, that you really want to be engaging with and here's the pain points they have. You know, here's how you need to know, um, you know, the, the, the business acumen of when you go into those conversations as well. So we have a really good approach to, you know, we can improve it certainly, but it's a, it's a great enablement team that we have that kind of provides some of that um, on-demand type of support for those ramping reps as well. That's great. I one of the one of the you know sort of buzzwords in the in business these days is digital transformation, and and that's kind of that's kind of trickled into the the sales enablement space. I think there's a lot of companies who do it great. There's a lot of companies who, who don't. Um, what are some of the things that you've noticed when it comes to sales enablement um, that have been very powerful for your teams? Um, you know, information, either information that's delivered to them or delivery methods or, or um, what are your, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely become more of a crowded space, um, um, but I, I do think it's it, it's a really positive one. I think there's still there's still some tweaks that need to be made um, in terms of you know how companies can deliver it just in time for reps, um, you yeah. know, because I think a lot of the time these systems and these tools, while great, are often sometimes placed where the reps aren't working. Right, um, whether that's yeah. you know, um, you know, LinkedIn's a big one for us. You know, we're a Salesforce shop as well, and you know, I think you know that's where the reps live a lot of the time. In terms, even at, and we use Outlook as well, so we, we live we live in those kind of three places in terms of day to day. And I think what the sales enablement tools do a really fantastic job of. To your point about digitalization is they are now delivering content that's digital. Uh, whether that be, you know, we do some good stuff with our uh, with our reps that say, hey, before you head into a call, here's a quick video, right, on some of the pain points, mm-hmm. two-minute video before you head in. But that video is actually housed outside of where the reps are working. So I think as, as we look at the, the sales enablement platform landscape moving forward, what's going to be really interesting is how these, how these companies continue to innovate uh, and actually bring, you know, a little bit of that, on demand again, digital aspect to the reps just in time, but actually where they're working. So it kind of pops up and it can start to also think about where they are in their process, right? In terms of that buyer and the intent that that buyer is showing across the sales process. So those, I think the platforms are fantastic. I think it's actually an area where, you know, that that's one area that I think my team can improve on is, is helping our reps do a better job at uh, making sure they understand where they need to go, what they need to be serviced with, uh, and also what the client's looking for at that stage in the buying cycle. But um, the platforms are fantastic. I just think it needs to evolve to to really being where the reps are spending the majority of their time versus um, you know being a, a different avenue or a different area they have to go to. Yeah, like tightly integrated, almost like a Google Glass. <laughs> Like yeah. um, in yeah. manufacturing, they, they do it, you know, where guys like walking down the line, you know, and 
can see some some almost uh what's that augmented reality yeah. um that'd be cool that'd yeah. be cool so Definitely, yeah. so speaking of speaking of like the the trends and whatnot um, what are some of the things that excite you? Um, you know, coming down the the pipe, 12, 24, 36 months. Um, I'd be I'd be interested to to hear your thoughts about you know any tech or or best practices or methodologies that are sort of maybe bubbling towards the surface, but not quite there. Yeah, I think um, I think what's what's been interesting um, for, for for me to take a look at is you know when I obviously serious decisions is founded basically we were founded on the focus of alignment right bringing companies and functions together mm-hmm. to align the really exciting thing is i think that has that that's really improved particularly over the last you know 18 months and, and when i look beyond the next 12 to 24 months something that that really excites me is is this notion of of the revenue operations function right i think you know you're starting to see particularly over the last 12 to 18 months more chief revenue officers you know, less sales operations and market operations, you know, you're now actually starting to see that as one centralized function. And I think, you know, one of the things that a lot of the market automation platforms are that are trying to do now is think through, okay, how do we, you know, get away from just, you know, lead qualification and, and that type of stuff, which, which it, it is hugely vital. But then how do we start to then think through the, the full revenue lifecycle of a client? How do we build technology that's going to account for that? And how do we have kind of aligned goals across sales marketing um, and in terms of operations? So that's something that's really exciting in, in terms of how companies are going to think through that. I think it's going to spawn a ton of different um, adaptions from current uh, vendors in terms of technology space, but also yeah. New ones out there. So the revenue operations space and, and you know essential function, I think, is going to start to spawn some good innovative ideas. And and the other stuff that I think is, is really interesting is a lot of the predictive stuff, right? I think there's there's blind spots that salespeople have, right, in terms of um, understanding their buyer uh, and, and understanding the complexity that that can sometimes go with when is the right time. And, and this goes to your earlier mm-hmm. point about. Um, you know, h- how do you know you're not missing out on opportunities elsewhere? And I think, you know, mm-hmm. intent, data, uh, intent monitoring, um, you know, artificial intelligence is is only going to get better. So I, I'm kind of really excited to see how that goes, because for me as a sales leader, one of the, the greatest the greatest assets that, that I can bring to an organization is predictability. And if there's a way, <laughs> you know, if there's a way to make sure, you know, I'm hitting my yeah. every every month, every quarter and every year, you know, the more the more data that we can have about you know what our ideal client profile looks, the journey they go on, um, and more that we can arm our reps right to make sure they're spending the right time. I, I think that's really exciting. So, you know, the revenue operations is a little bit of a newer chart that I'm excited about, and then the uh, yeah. the the intent stuff is something that's going to be really interesting to see how that continues to evolve as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Great man, Sam. This was this was fantastic. I, I feel like we could go on for a few more hours, yeah. but um, but I think that's that wraps this show up. Uh, right. So I appreciate you coming by. Yeah, yeah thanks. I really appreciate it. Yeah, enjoy the yeah. conversation. So uh, yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, this wraps up uh, this episode of Intent Topics. Thanks again, Sam, for joining us. I'm Chris Battis. And I'm Logan Kelly. Thank you so much for stopping by. Please give us a five-star review and a follow or subscribe on whatever podcast app you are listening on. We will see you next time. Take care.